Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home. All right, Chris Nano, it is week two. This is Bears Nation podcast. We're coming at you with a week two preview for the game Bears versus Giants Sunday. I'm your host, Kevin Lapka, alongside my co-host, Chris Nano. No Jake Hassan today. He is doing some big-time work stuff, so he will not be with us. He'll be back after for the post-game show. But for this preview, it's just me and Chris, and we're talking Bears-Giants. Chris, uh, are we excited for week two, my man? I'm very, very, very excited. Um, You know, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to hopefully seeing Mitch uh, carry that momentum from the Lions game into this Giants game. Um, and, you know, take, take uh, advantage of a not very good defense. Not very good defense is the way I would put it as well. We're going to talk about the Bears rush game, the Bears passing game, the receiving game, and then the Bears defense as well, uh, along with some player matchups and some bold predictions at the end of the show. But let's start. You said Mitch Trubisky needs to build off of what he did against the Lions. That's what Jake, our host, said last week. He really um, hammered that in, said, look, you know, Mitch did a great job in the fourth quarter, but it means nothing if he cannot build uh, to that against eight, like you mentioned, quote, not very good defense in the New York Giants. I think that's a pretty fair assessment of them. So, Chris, what would you say Mitch has to do to kind of give you reassurance that he is a different player this year? He has taken that step, and that week one just wasn't kind of a fluke. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing him, you know, survey the field a little bit more. Um, you know, one of the big problems he's had in the past is just locking onto one read and just kind of honestly just saying screw it and throwing it regardless <laughs> of, of if the guy was open or not. Um, and, you know, it, it's – w- I feel like Mitch is like in the past has, has been one of the quarterbacks that like he's gotten very lucky with like almost interceptions. If you get what I'm saying, like he's had like a ton of dropped interceptions. So, um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. It, it comes with maturity, you know, it comes with experience and, and, you know, just getting a feel for, for everything. Um, and, you know, th- this is, it's put up or shut up time. So, um, you know, I, I think he has to very like really come out and, and take the game by, uh, by his grasp. He absolutely does. I mean, you, you talk about consistency and confidence. I will say the one thing we talked about a little bit uh, after the week one performance was he looked confident, not just in the fourth quarter, but throughout the game. From the moment he took the first snap, he looked more confident. He looked more collected. He actually ranked fourth in average completed air yards last week, which means he's taking deep shots and he's confident in taking those deep shots. I feel like last year, um, you know, he would sometimes air it out a little bit, but when he did, it was never with confidence. They never really completed a lot of deep passes. So to see that he was 
fourth in average completed air yards. Not just the fact that he was taking those shots, but that he was completing them. That's really encouraging to see. But on the flip side of that coin is the fact that the Bears can still improve in getting their ball to playmakers underneath, allowing them to collect some yards after catch, right? So Mitch ranked second last week in air yards to the sticks, which is a next-gen stat, meaning a majority of his passes were past the first down marker, essentially also meaning that he was not relying on his skill players to make yards after catch. So while I do think it's great that he's airing it out and he's willing to take shots and that shows confidence, he could also make life a hell of a lot easier for him when you see his streaking uh, Darnell Mooney on a slant route wide open with some space. Just give it to him and you know, go out, you know a guy like him is going to make some plays. So do you want to see more of that uh, opportunities for our receivers to get some yards after catch? Because I feel like we don't see that too much in this offense versus a Kansas City or a, uh, um, a San Francisco or even a Green Bay versus a lot of other offenses like that when they give their skill players opportunities to run with the ball yeah no I mean absolutely you know we have the talent at wide receiver to to be able to take advantage of that I, I think you know between Allen Robinson Anthony Miller um, you got Javon Wims Darnell Mooney Ted Ginn I mean those are five wideouts that you know on any given play can make something happen they can break loose and you know just pick up a, a big chunk of yards or even take it to the house. So um, I think we have that big playability with, with almost all of our wide receivers. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. I think they need to, you know, I think Mitch sometimes has kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? He's kind of, like you said, almost like make, he makes things more complicated for yeah. himself and yes. like he, he overthinks things and he just got to let loose and play. And I, I really think that's what he did um, in that fourth quarter of the last game. And he was just, he just looked so calm because of that. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing him, you know, j just put the ball in the hands of, of the guys that you know can make the plays. He needs to find the perfect balance between like a Jimmy Garoppolo and an Aaron Rodgers because Jimmy Garoppolo is the exactly. king of the short slant, the check down, and Aaron Rodgers just loves to air it out and make those types of plays. Uh, and as we see from these statistics, you know, he is – going deep but like Darnell Mooney is this guy all of a sudden that after watching the tape this week I mean I'm excited to watch Darnell Mooney play football every week now and I don't usually and we don't usually say that about a fifth rounder rookie who just played his first game but I know what you saw what we saw what every Bears fan saw in week one from Mooney how, how could you not be excited and encouraged like when he, the juke he had on the line player on the sideline, the routes he was running, I mean, just going back and watching the tape, like he looks polished and he looks exciting. He kind of reminds me of kind of uh, what Tariq Cohen was his rookie year, right? Like you just give him the ball and he's going to make something happen. Um, and and you, every week you, you were like, oh, you know, what's Tariq going to do? And that's kind of died down a little bit. But I think that's yep. the way it's going to be for Mooney now every week. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. Look. I've seen people compare Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, they didn't say obviously he's as good, but I've seen a lot of people compare him to Tyreek Hill. Um, mm. Whereas I don't see Tyreek Hill, but there is one thing that I see, and I want you to tell me if you think I'm crazy or not, but he almost is giving me the vibe that Anthony Miller gave me in his rookie year. Um, like that, like almost um, – like, like flashiness in a way mm -hmm. um, and just very, very quick. And, you know, you, you can tell he's very polished and he can stop on a dime. It, it's one thing I always pay attention to when it comes to receivers. The first thing that sticks out is always footwork. That's 
probably, in, in my opinion, it's the yeah. most important thing for a wide receiver. Um, and Darnell Mooney's footwork is just unreal. He can stop on a dime. That kid is going to be really, really good. And I'm, I'm, I'm 100% confident in saying that. I like what you say about how they both kind of look polished, a little bit flashy. I think the only thing that Mooney would have over Miller is just the ability, once he has the ball in his hands, to do a little bit more. Because Anthony Miller is really damn good after the catch, but I feel like Mooney could be better. Am I, am I crazy to think that? No, I mean, I don't think so. But to, to be completely fair, I, I think Miller is above average after the catch. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. he's put some moves on guys that mm-hmm. – that's, that have been really impressive. Um, but, no, I don't think you're crazy for saying that at all. I mean, I, I do think um, Darnell Mooney is a l- slightly quicker yes. um, than Anthony Miller, but I feel like they possess the same abilities, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I see the comparison. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. So, I mean, it's, it's just exciting, man. I mean, just to see a rookie wide yeah. receiver like that, a guy who – like. You know, we said at the end of yes, uh, last week's show, like, what if at the end of the year, Mooney's wide receiver three? And going back and watching the tape, like, I think that is tangible. I really do. And the way he's playing and the excitement we have for him, like, if he's wide receiver three, I mean, like, I, that's oh, it's just crazy to think about, man, because you don't – it's not very often you see your rookie player in the fifth round, like, turn out to be this good. And I'm not – I know I'm kind of hyping up Darnell Mooney here, and I'm really making him seem like he's the offensive rookie of the year right now. He's not. But based off what we saw, like, again, you, you just can't help but be excited. So that that's something that we're going to keep uh, continuing to watch. Now, as far as the pass game goes, before we go to the rush game, which is going to be very, very important against the Giants, I just wanted to mention that the Bears were in shotgun 76% of their plays last season. On Sunday, they were in shotgun 49% fourth lowest in the league so that's kind of a trend to watch out for you know I don't know if Matt Nagy is really trying to establish that kind of identity but Chris you know kind of kind of some jarring statistics there I mean we know that they love shotgun in that offense but um to go down to 49 percent fourth lowest in the league are we potentially seeing an identity shift here with Matt Nagy I think so I think so and I I brought it up last episode for the recap but um the whole off season, we heard Matt Nagy talk about how he's, you know, he, he wants to, to uh, change things up a little bit, you know, like get back into the lab and, and find out what was wrong and just kind of, you know, adjust. And, you know, that's why I'm not super surprised that that stat is a thing because I, I think this, this is the, the way that they want to change. I mean, like that offense last year was just not working. It was just not working. Like no matter what we did, and I think that's, <laughs> I think that's an understatement, honestly. But, um, you know, I, if this is the 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 change that that they felt was necessary, then you know, so be it. And you know, I, I think we'll get a little bit better of a of an idea if we see a similar type of thing against the Giants. Um, you know, them kind of going away from the shotgun. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it gives Mitch, um, you know, more ways to to be effective. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I have no problem with it. And, you know, it, go more traditional. It also makes it a lot easier and opens things up when the running game is actually existent. And last week it yeah. was existent, right? I mean, there were, there were only mm-hmm. six other teams last week that had more rush yards than the bears and they rushed eight times in the second half. So like looking yeah. at those numbers, had they had they had a lead and rushed the same amount of times in the second half that they did the first half, 
probably could have led uh, the league in rushing after week one. I mean, they had 5.3 yards per carry as a team, which was the third most in week one. Watching the tape, Juan Castillo looks like he's doing the right things with the offensive line. I mean, how, Chris, just how refreshing, how refreshing is it to potentially, I'm not going to say we have a running game yet, but to potentially have a running game. I mean, it's, it, you know, we saw the benefits of it last week. And going forward, if this is something the Bears can rely on, I mean, refreshing is the only word I can use for it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, we we were getting stuffed in the backfield on damn near every run last year. <laughs> At least it felt like it. Um, so, yeah, and, and the biggest thing with the run game, you brought it up, it's the offensive line. I mean, it's really, that it's, this is how simple, simple it is. If the offensive line opens up holes for David Montgomery, the Bears will be able to run the ball. If they don't, the Bears won't be able to run the ball. And that's honestly all it comes down to because – I mean, me personally, I think David Montgomery could be a very good running back, and, I, and I'm almost positive you think the same thing. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, we have the talent there. The offensive line just needs to be consistent. The whole theme with this Bears team is consistency. That's really all it is because we talk, we talk about the Bears last year as if they went 4-12, and 12, but we got to remember they went 8-8. Eight and eight. And, you know, that really just comes down to inconsistency. Yeah, there's a there's a next gen stat here about the running game uh, called most expect most most expected rushing yards per attempt. So those are offenses that created the most opportunity for rushers at the moment of handoff. Okay, guess who led the league in that category? The Bears. The Bears. I mean, that's it, it's. I mean. And that stat is essentially an offensive line stat because it's essentially which offensive lines are opening up holes for their yeah. runners, like the lanes that are open. I mean, you know, how many, like David Kaplan, Adam Abdallah, everyone, JJ Stankovitz, everyone we had in our show, pretty much I would say most of them said the number one thing that they think the Bears need to improve on in 2020 in order to have success is the offensive line. So to see kind of some firsthand evidence that it is better is Again, I'll use it again. It's refreshing, but it's also necessary because, you know, they're going to thrive under that offensive line and their, their success could very well be determined behind that. And we, we've seen what, what can happen when you do have a good offensive line. So, I mean, I, the running game, and now they have a chance to go up against the New York Giants front seven, which isn't very good. Um, it's not special by any means. They have Dexter Lawrence. They have Blake Martinez as a linebacker. Um, it's not special. They have some good skill players there but it's certainly not special. I think Leonard Williams is well up there on the defensive front. Um, you know, for – so I'm, I'm not going to say should we rely more on the rush, but, I mean, how – like last week, I think they're pretty balanced as far as rush pass overall at the end of the game. But do you want to go full into kind of a more rush-dominant offense here, or is it really just contingent on how Mitch continues to play? I, I honestly think it's based on game script. Um, sure. you know, more than anything, but, but, you know, in terms of like in a vacuum, I think it should be as close to 50, 50 as possible because the run sets up the pass and the pass set sets up the run. I don't care what anyone says. Like if you're able to do one, the other one will come easier. And I don't think it's one, I don't think one way or the other is more, uh, like, I don't think one way, uh, as opposed to the other is better. Um, just if you're able to do one, you'll be able to do the other. That's how I see it. And, um, you know, if they're, if they're able to run the ball, I think Mitch will have a lot of success because um, that means the, the offensive line is playing well um, and, and vice mm -hmm. versa. So, um, yeah, I mean, as close to 50-50 as possible is my take with this. 
One more thing here on the offense that I kind of want to bring up. I want to tell you, I had a dream, uh, I think it was either last night or a few nights ago, and it was a dream that Jimmy Graham caught the same exact touchdown against the Giants that he did against the, the Lions. So that was my dream, and it just kind of got me thinking, man, like I'm excited about Jimmy Graham. And I, you got to give your pops to Chris Dano here because Chris from the jump has been saying that he just has this gut feeling that Jimmy Graham is going to be good. Like I said last week, Jimmy Graham should have had two touchdowns. He was about an inch short away from having two touchdowns on the day. I mean, I don't know if I'm in over my head on this, but I, I, I mean, Jimmy, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in over my head on this. I, I'll say it. I am not in over my head. Jimmy Graham is a legit red zone target and I think is going to, potentially be one of the bigger pieces on offense am I I mean I don't I know you don't think I'm crazy for saying that (laughs) no not at all man not at all and like the way I thought the Bears would use him and the way they used him in game one is exactly what I you know what I was hoping for and um like it's funny because um seeing how they used him just only made me more confident and like I feel like I'm getting carried carried away because I'm fully on board with the uh, I'm, I'm fully on board the Jimmy Graham train. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be vital, man. I, I really do. Uh, you know, the offense just moves better when, when our tight ends are involved. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Graham, I think, will be reliable. But don't forget, I mean, there's another guy, Cole Kmet. If he balls out, I mean, that's two legit tight end uh, threats. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? We went from having zero tight ends to potentially two very solid ones. It's just so funny because I look at that Lions play and I'm just like, it was so easy. It was so easy. It was just like, okay, Jimmy Graham, you're going to run a little out right, right here. You're against a cornerback. Yeah. We're just going to throw it to you. You're going to, you know, come down with it like a rebound. Okay. That, that's all yeah. you're going to do. And, and right. Simple. That, that, I mean, that's literally, and you don't have to go like Matt Nagy doesn't have to go um, up there at the five yard and be like, okay, now we got to design a Santa's Slayer. We got to design a toss play to three cone and three cones going to throw it to Anthony Miller. Sure. I'd love to see trick plays, but man, it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It, it can be simple now. And it just say, yeah. all right, Jimmy Graham, you have a one-on-one mismatch. We're going to at least take one of our four downs to give you a jump ball and give you an opportunity. I mean, how nice is it to have that luxury? Because t- Trey Burton wasn't, he, he simply just wasn't that type of tight end. I mean, no. that's just not the way no. his body is. It's not the way his build is. That's just not the type of player he was. So to have that kind of, I guess, safety blanket is the right word in the red zone. I mean, it's, it's going to be important. And that's what we said, like, when he came to Chicago, what we were going to really use him the most for was the red zone. And and I think that's going to continue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, because one thing that, that it boils down to for me is, okay, so you're talking, let's say the Bears are in the red zone. You got Jimmy Graham, obviously. And you put you put it any DB against Jimmy Graham. Who can match his size? What DB in the entire league can match up with Jimmy Graham physically? None, none. Yeah. And like that, I mean, I honestly think just having that advantage will make him useless or useless will make him useful uh, by itself. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Jimmy Graham. I want to see how uh, how he continues to progress progress throughout the season. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm all on board the Jimmy Graham train. It's worth noting the Giants did do a good job locking up the Pittsburgh Steelers tight ends. Eric Ebron, I think, only had like 20 yards on two receptions. Bantz McDonald yeah. didn't have much at all. So, um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Jimmy Graham performs against the Giants. Again, we only have a week, one week of sample size there for those stats. But um, interesting to see. Let's go to the Bear defense that we would say needs to improve here and has an opportunity to improve. And I want to say opportunity in all caps, all bold. Look, the Bears will face a Giants offensive line on Sunday that allowed pressure on 52.1% of its pass plays that last week. I mean, that, that statistic right there should be up on every single board in Hallis Hall for Khalil Mack to look at wherever he goes. Because I think Khalil Mack has the – I mean, you know, people – can you believe, Chris, there are people last week that said Khalil Mack was non-existent, Khalil Mack had a bad game. He was second in the league in pressures last week among edge rushers. So I don't yep. want to hear nothing of this. Also, the refs did come out and say that they intentionally have been calling less holding calls. And as Bears fans, I know we've seen the photo of the chokehold. I'm sure there were a, new, a number of other instances where Khalil Mack was getting held and there wasn't a single flag to show for it. But are we thinking a Khalil Mack rebound game this week? Because I know for sure I am. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny that, that the ref said they're calling less holdings because as Bears fans, we already know how it's going to go. When we're on offense, they're going to just throw, let that flag fly. When we're on defense and we're being held, they're not going to even look at it. So um, that's how that rule is going to go. I can assure you that right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Khalil Mack is – I'm never, ever worried about Khalil Mack, believe it or not. He could have zero pressures um, one game, and, and I'll be like, you know, it's still Khalil Mack. I, I don't really care. Like, he's going he's gonna to ball out he, he, no matter what. He, he, might, he may have some off games here and there, but Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. And what, what – like, could you think of a better opportunity for him uh, than facing the, the Giants to kind of generate that pressure and really, you know, complete the, the, the sack? And, and, you know, because that's all people care about. That's all people care about. You can generate as much pressure as possible, but, you know, at the end of the day, people want to see this, uh, the sacks. And, you know, I, I'm – kind of on that in that boat I I think Khalil Mack does need to kind of have the sack numbers um but yeah if I mean you got Khalil Mack Robert Quinn hopefully he plays like this this is a great opportunity um to to get to get it rolling but I will say one thing if they aren't able to generate pressure against this uh Giants offensive line I think I think there it might be time to be a little bit worried like I that's how that's how confident I am that the Bears defensive line is better than the Giants offensive line uh yeah a lot better um based off of what the Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. Steelers did to them on Monday night I mean Saquon Barkley yep. had 15 rushes for seven yards the Gi- Giants Ridiculous. offense had an average of 1.3 yards per carry and I know the Steelers defense is good but the Bears are right on that level if not better IMO in my opinion um Khalil Mack, yeah. for at least when he's lined up on the left side, will be going up against rookie Andrew Thomas. So you know what my big prediction is? Yeah. I mean, I have, a, I have a number of other bull predictions, but I have a feeling we're going to see one of those videos after Sunday of Khalil Mack absolutely embarrassing either Andrew Thomas or Cameron Fleming, who lines up uh, on the other side. And the caption is going to be, welcome to the league, Rook. And I think, I think that's what we're going to see out of Khalil Mack. I mean, he has an advantage here against a rookie player. Andrew Thomas is probably, you know, 
scared as hell this whole week that he has to go up against Khalil Mack in his second ever NFL game and Robert Quinn when Robert Quinn's lined up on that side who we think is going to play we do think he's going to play um, has been limited this week did not practice at all last week so we are expecting to see Robert Quinn but like you said I mean th- there is no there is zero excuse here and I would say the the Bears have the opportunity to get at least five sacks um, and if they don't, uh, rightfully so, we should be worried. But with Robert Quinn there, with Khalil Mack there, I am expecting, expecting five-plus sacks. And that's that's a large number. But there's no reason they shouldn't absolutely dominate this uh, offensive line the way the Steelers did on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, there really is no excuse at all. Um, this is a team that we should dominate in the trenches. Um, but, you know – I hate to be that guy, but how many times, like, either last year or, you know, yeah, I mean, last year, how many times last year did we say that, you know, the Bears' defensive line should dominate a, a specific team's offensive line, and, and they just didn't? And I, I know it's it's a different, you know, you got Robert Quinn there now instead of Leonard Floyd, and you got Akeem Higgs back, but, you know, I, I just, like, the opportunity is there now. Mm-hmm. If they don't take it, like, I feel like we have to talk about how worrying that is because I mean the Lions and Giants were two teams that I expected the Bears to absolutely dominate like before the season and they definitely didn't dominate the Lions game so this could kind of make up for it but if they don't I mean you're, you're talking about going up against you know the, the Falcons the Colts the Buccaneers coming up and you know if you can't get it done against these two teams it's you know it's only going to get harder so uh, I, th- I think it's something we got to pay attention to. And specifically, one thing I wanted to, to throw out there, uh, we talk, l- talked a little bit about Danny Trevathan kind of looking slow last week. Um, so I, that's another thing I'm going to be paying attention to. Um, you know, since it is only week one, you can just kind of chalk it up to uh, the fact that there was no preseason and, you know, he just needed some game time. Uh, and, you know, he, he had gotten hurt last year. So, but, you know, this, if he's still looking like that this week, I think, that's a pretty big problem. I think you're going to be seeing a lot more dime packages where Deion Bush is going to come in for replacement of Dan Trevathan because on the DeAndre Swift drop, who yep. is supposed to be in coverage there? Danny Trevathan on, I believe it was like a 30-yard yep. play to Damian Amendola on that final drive. I mean, Danny Trevathan was in coverage. And now, like, I don't – I'm not bashing Danny Trevathan. I think he's going to be fine. But if he's getting a little slow, I mean, that's okay. There's no harm in, you know, necessarily – putting another DB out there to take care of that assignment. Um, but it, it is, it, it will be interesting to monitor because I mean, Danny's, he's the rock of that defense, man. And, and he needs to play well. And maybe again, I'm not, I'm trying not to yeah. think too much into it because of week one and the lack of uh, I don't know, training or whatever. Yeah, of course. So, so you never know what we'll see here in week two. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't think you or any of us by any means are giving up on Danny. It's just, we, we do need to see the improvement. Oh, no. We do need to see um, a little bit better play from him. Yeah. Uh, w- one way to like look at it positively, I guess, is like Danny Trevathan has never been bad in coverage. Don't get me wrong, but he's yeah. never, it's never really been like his main strength. That's so, like, Smith's in job. terms of, yeah, and then like in terms of you know just being uh, just being all over the field, I think Danny Trevathan can still do that, um, and that's why I'm not too worried because what like what we've been like him being slow, you know, in coverage. He's 
I remember him getting beaten coverage plenty of times, um, you know, throughout his Chicago Bears career. And that's not to say he's a bad coverage linebacker because he's not. But, you know, he's always been known to be that guy that flies around, you know, just just throws his head into any tackle, you know, just he's not scared. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. And one thing about Danny Trevathan is he has the heart, man. He has the heart. He wants to be out there. He wants to play with this defense. And, and you know, that's one thing that – you know, by itself, I think could could carry him this year, even even if he is, mm-hmm. let's say, washed. I Absolutely. don't like using that word. I don't like using that, it either. That but it's the best picture. I, I think you're right that he's got so much heart and dedication and grit. You know, just being a part of the Chicago Bears and being a part of that team. I mean, he's he, exactly. he's never going to give up, and he's never just going to cop yeah. out. And and I think that's really important. Now, look, New York Giants are a familiar foe. Played them in 2018. L in overtime in what was a thrilling game in 2018 and an ugly victory in 2019. Um, so we, we saw them last year, and I think last year is kind of a more reasonable uh, comparison because last year they had Daniel Jones, 2018 um, they did not. But last year versus Giants, some important stats that we have. Allen Robinson, six receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown. It, those numbers are incredible. And Chris, mm-hmm. we all know what happened this week. We all know what happened. The talk of Chicago was Allen Robinson requests a trade. That turned out to be false, according to his agent, Brandon Parker. We know that's false, but there's a lot of buzz about, you know, Allen Robinson. What's his worth? What's his value? Does he want to be in Chicago? Does he not? So I really, I mean, I, I mean, I, what I think is going to happen is he's going to go out there on Sunday, just put up insane numbers, and then. I've sent this to you. He's going to drop a note off at Ryan Pace's door after the game that says, pay me. Pardon my French. Look, he's that, that, that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look, you're, you're not crazy for saying that. Cause I think every bears fan is, is kind of fed up with, you know, just the fact that he hasn't been paid yet. Like this is a guy that absolutely should be brought back. I don't think like, I don't think you'll find very many Bears fans that 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 are going to tell you that they don't want Allen Robinson back. Like this guy is crucial to this team. He's crucial to this city. Um, and you know we haven't had a receiver like this in a, in a long time. So um, you know the only other guy I can think of is Brandon Marshall. I mean, other than him, like he's the only guy. You know, it's Brandon Marshall, Allen Robinson at the very top in terms of wide receiver history of the Chicago Bears. And then it's everyone else that that's honestly like, that's how I see it. So, um, you know, he's going to be most likely going up against James Bradbury. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit tougher matchup. Uh, I think Bradbury is a pretty decent corner, but um, you know, Allen Robinson is going to be playing this whole season with a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to prove to Ryan Pace, like, Hey man, how can you let this go and just keep putting up, great numbers keep producing and you know have the bears uh have the bears offense looking good i just you know i i don't i wonder if ryan pace question the reason why i say this whole thing here is because i wonder if ryan pace questions his value because they have had conversations people need to understand they have had contract conversations but what i think is happening Mm -hmm. is alan robinson believes he's a top five receiver he deserves to be paid like a top five receiver, but I don't think Ryan Pace is ready to give him that money. And I think that's where we're having, yeah. that's why we're seeing what's happening is happening. So he goes out against the giants after everything this week, 
puts up, let's say he puts up 150 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that is the absolute stamp of approval that you deserve all the money that you are asking for. So that's why I think, you know, he, he understands that. Like, Anytime he doesn't perform, you know, he might think that that's Ryan, that's reassurance to Ryan Pace that he's maybe not worth the money he's asking for. But every time he does perform, it's, you know, just more of, it's just more pressure on Ryan Pace for him saying, look, this, this is what I'm worth. I'm providing you uh, week after week. I'm, you know, providing for the team. I'm my best offensive player. So I think he has a chance to do that this week just because of everything that happened. Uh, my prediction was that he will get signed before Sunday. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, mm-hmm. I, it should. I don't know if it is. But, it, I, I mean, this, this is an opportunity for him to say, this, this is what I'm worth. So, yeah. 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 No, 100%. 100%. Like, he, here's my thing. This is what I've been thinking about all week, Kevin. All week, this has been the main thought in my head. Like, like if, if you're another, you know, quote-unquote star player on the Bears, how are you – how are you viewing this situation? Like you see a guy like Allen Robinson last year was the only guy on the offense producing. Like there's nothing more Allen Robinson could have done these past two years in terms of producing. And like, you're looking at this, like, damn, I mean, this guy has done everything for us. And like, they're still debating if they want to bring him back. Like, I think it could be unsettling in the locker room, the longer that this drags on. You you could say I'm, I'm being, you know, I, I definitely think there's going to be an, there's going to be some unsettlement if this drags on. Like, do you, what do you think about that? Well, everyone's on board with it. I mean, Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller, hashtag extend AR. They're pushing gifs of Brinks trucks. Like, yeah. everyone's on the same page. So I'm with you. I mean, I, I think you're right. Like, and those guys have been outspoken about that. Like, this guy, even Mitch Trubisky, yeah. uh, in his press conference, like, Allen Robinson's my rock. He's my guy. I don't know where what I would do without Allen Robinson. Like, like the guys day after day are stressing their um, – stressing how important he is to them and to the team. So, it, I, I think it could be unsettling. Now, I don't think it's anything that's going to break the locker room, but it's just – you know, you see all these things, and you're like, I don't – you know, I tried to provide an explanation for what Ryan Pace is doing, but even then, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. It's really mind-boggling to me. No. Um, unless Allen Robinson's trying to be the highest-paid receiver in the National Football League, which he, he probably isn't. You can't assume he's asking for that, right? No, no. Listen, there's man, no way. Listen, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe in this whole. You know, oh well, this guy got this amount of money, so this guy should get this. like. Okay, if two guys are in the same tier, like let's say Amari Cooper, you know, gets paid, um, or he did get paid. Like, like, mm-hmm. uh, let me throw out someone else. Um, someone who hasn't been paid. Uh, Michael Thomas. Maybe? Uh, I don't know who's who's in who's in. I mean, do you think he's in uh, Allen Robinson's tier? Michael Thomas, or do you think he's yeah, or do you think he's better? Like I'm like I'm trying to think of someone in his tier. Like okay, let's say uh, Mike Evans and, and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Mike Evans, perfect. Mike Evans, perfect. So, like, let's say Mike Evans gets paid, um, and then you know a report comes out that Allen Robinson wants similar money or more. People always melt down at that because they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's not better than Mike Evans. How could he want more? Like, each time each time a new receiver gets paid, like, if they're in the same tier, they're going to get paid more than the last guy. Like, right. that's just how it works. That's just how it works. And this is a guy that we know is talented. So you're going to have to spend big because, listen, here's the bottom line. If you don't pay Allen Robinson big money, someone else will. 
someone else will. This is not this is not a hidden gem that only the Bears know about. It's Allen freaking Robinson. Someone's gonna give him what he's asking for. So they better get a move on this quick. Well, I'm gonna give you the perfect example of what you're referencing here. Buda Baker gets more money yeah. than Eddie Jackson. I mean that that's the exact that's a perfect yeah. example of what you're talking about. I mean, Buda Baker is not a better player than Allen yeah. Robinson, at least in my opinion. I think in a lot of other people's opinion, but he gets paid more money because Allen Robinson are. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Eddie Jackson got paid last year. Uh, Buda Baker gets paid this year, and that's just the way it works. So you're right. Yeah. No, and, and look, like, like I'm 100% with you. Buda Baker is not better than Eddie Jackson, but that kind of plays to what I was saying. Like, to me, it's not a big deal, though. Like, mm-hmm. you have to. That's what it took yeah. for them to keep him. So, I mean, you got to keep him, like, you know. And I, I just – it's so mind-boggling that, like, that still happens with every single new contract extension. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, so man, let's let's hope uh, extend AR finally finds its way to Ryan Pace's door and yep. he gets that extension. We can only hope. Uh, no one, no one else has any effing clue what is going on inside that man's head right now, and quite frankly, inside his head in a <laughs> yep. number of other moments. Uh, dare we not talk about them? But um, <laughs> we'll continue to keep our eye on that. Let's go to our player matchups here. Then we'll do some both predictions. We got um, our rookie Jalen Johnson versus Darius Slayton. Let me let me read you some stats here of Jalen Johnson in coverage against the Lions week one. Allowed just two catches on six targets for 40 yards and a passer rating of 57.6 when thrown to, plus had two pass breakups. And now he goes up against Darius Slayton, who had 102 yards, two touchdowns on Monday night. Um, this is this I think is going to be a good match, but man, Jalen Johnson feeling validated with that second round pick after a week one performance. So it's good, good test for him again in week two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like the giants don't have any, they don't have a superstar wide receiver, but I feel like they have a couple of very decent ones. Um, Sterling Shepard. Um, I don't know if Golden Tate will play, but Golden Tate as well, Darius Slayton. So, I mean, he's going to have his work cut out for him and, um, you know, it's another opportunity to prove himself. Because I, I think, I think Jalen Johnson is going to be terrific. I really do. Um, he's hungry, and you know, he has that, he has that dog in him as a corner that, the the you know that mentality that you need. Like he believes that he's better than any wide receiver he steps on the field against. And you know that we haven't had a corner like that in maybe ever. Kyle Fuller, <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I mean, here's the thing about Fuller though. I think Fuller's a great player, but he doesn't have that. Yeah, he's humble. Yeah, that mentality. Like, yeah, you you get what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson, he wants to just he's going to punch you in the mouth. And if you don't punch back, he's going to bully you. Like he's that type of player, you know? And I think that's going to, it's going to go a long way for him. And um, just really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going back and watching that tape, like he really did play well. I mean, that's not an overstatement. We're not just hyping up our second round rookie here. Like he really did play well and the stats prove that. So um, he does have a test because I think Darius Slayton is a very good player. Um, He's kind of been underrated. He's still kind of their number two guy, but Sterling Shepard is all but a bust in my opinion at this point. Um, So Darius Slayton is is probably going to be the guy to keep your eye on. Let's go to another player match that I kind of referenced. Um, earlier Khalil Mack versus Andrew Thomas although I mean look Andrew Thomas rookie um for the Giants played very well last week against the Sears he really did he played well um but again you know like I said with this welcome to the league rook you have to play a a hall of fame outside linebacker now in Khalil Mack I mean are are we are we thinking are we thinking Khalil Mack's gonna embarrass this guy on Sunday what what are we thinking for that (sighs) 
I, I want to say yes so bad, <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Andrew Thomas was my number one uh, offensive tackle in this draft that, that just happened. And, um, you know, I really think he's going to be a good player. I don't sure. – I, I honestly don't think he's scared of Khalil Mack. I don't. I don't. He played in the really? SEC. He went up against some top guys. And I know I know college players are no Khalil Mack. But what I'm saying is he can do it. He can do it. He's he stepped up in every big moment. He's played in the big games. Um, my only thing is, like, that offensive line outside of him is just not very good. Like, if Khalil Mack – even if Khalil Mack is – you know, they got a double team on him or Andrew Thomas is, you know, playing well against him. Like there are other areas that the bears have to exploit. So like, you know, I, even if Kulamak doesn't do well, like there's no excuses, but yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure, man. I'm not so sure he, he has that dominant game that everyone thinks it could definitely happen. Definitely happen. But you know, I'm just, I, I, I can't say with full confidence that it will. Thomas did a good job against Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, who are two very good pass rushers. And, you know, maybe exactly. he, he yeah. wasn't, maybe he wasn't scared for TJ Watt, but like, I mean, Kalubak's different, man. Like just from a pure physical yeah, standpoint, sure. like TJ Watt's sure. a very good finesse outside linebacker. He's obviously got a lot of strength, but he's not as physically daunting as Khalil Mack is. Like we have offensive linemen yeah. who have yeah. been 10 year veterans who still are frightful when Khalil Mack comes to town. So, I mean, it's – look, if, if yeah. he's not scared, that's good for him, and he's got one hell of a mentality. Um, but we'll see We'll see if he holds up. That's We'll see if he holds up. Um, you know, he, yeah. he, he could Fair be enough. a good player. But, again, Cleo Max is a different animal. Different animal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, just, I just threw that in there for, 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 uh, for a little bit of perspective. That's all. Yeah, no, no, because you're, you're 100% right. Because it, well, you, you're, you're right because people's expectations going into it are going to be kind of like what mine were when I detailed earlier. Oh, Bears should dominate. Khalil Mack should have yeah. three-plus sacks. But it is, you're 100% right that it's just not as black and white as that. Um, and it, it's like – so I, it's good that you're providing that perspective because you're also making me think that – my bold prediction that I'm about to say may not 100% come true. So let's do them. Let's do our bold predictions. And my first one was that Khalil Mack has three sacks. Um, I, I need a Khalil Mack three sack game, man. I, I've never needed a Khalil Mack three sack game more. Um, I need it now. I need all of yeah. it. And I mean, well, what, what we, whether, I mean, whether it's against Andrew Thomas or the guy on the other side, Cameron Fleming, I'm still, despite, whether Andrew Thomas is good or not, it, it's still nonetheless the fact that Klumac should dominate either of those guys and have at least an opportunity, especially yeah. based on the way the rest of their offensive line is constructed, to have enough pressures. And now it's just the question of whether he'll finish those. And the way Daniel Jones works in the pocket is he's just not going to fling the ball around. He's going to kind of scramble and move around a little bit. He's still a young player. He'll probably fumble the football. Klumac forced a fumble against him last week, uh, last year. So – I'm, yeah. you know, based off of what we've seen and based off what we know about this offensive line, I mean, I, I think Khalil Mack three sacks is my bold prediction. I got another one, but what's what's one of your bold predictions? Um, just real quick, um, I do think it's very possible that uh, Khalil Mack gets a strip sack in this game because Daniel Jones just fumbles yeah. the ball for fun somehow. Like, 18 I just, times last like, year. I, I, I can't believe it. Like, he fumbles in the weirdest ways. Like, it's just – it's unbelievable. But – um, my bold prediction, this is this may sound slightly ridiculous. Anthony Miller has more than 150 yards receiving in this game. I think he is going to absolutely 
shred the Giants secondary. I think um, I really think that throw from Mitch to Anthony Miller last week is going to go a long way. I think you're going to see Anthony Miller being used more because of it. And like we talked about, we talked about it so many times. Anthony Miller is always open. If Mitch sees him and locks in on Anthony Miller in any given game, he's breaking 100 yards because he's always open. So that's my bold prediction. Um, you know, the, the Giants' secondary outside of James Bradbury is just – it's almost laughable, like, if we're being honest. It is. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I really think that it's, it's a possibility. 100 uh, – I'm going to say – I'm going to give an exact number because why not? Uh, let's go 168 yards for Anthony Miller with a touchdown. Holy crap, yep. man. 168 yards. All right. Hey, we, we call them yes, bold sir. predictions for a reason. We call them bold predictions for a reason. The only reason why I, I, I can't agree with that is simply because I thought my, one of my bold predictions was Allen Robinson gets 150 yards. So it's really funny that we're both kind of on the same wavelength as far as receivers having really good days. Um, so in, in one capacity or the other, yeah. we'll tell you this, Bears fan does a lock. In one capacity, either Allen Robinson – or Anthony Miller's having a huge day. We'll give you that. You know, yep. you don't want to put all your chips yep. into either one of them, but just know that one of them, yep. one, of, one of them is, is going to do yep. it. Um, now I actually have another bull prediction about our third wide receiver. Darnell Mooney scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, that's not necessarily wow. bold. I mean, I, is it bold, Chris? I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm thinking Mooney TD. Absolutely give me all not. of it. No, no, absolutely not. And like, the thing about Matt Nagy is we know he likes to use a lot of different guys. So, I mean, on any given play, like if it just so happens to be that Mooney's open that play, then that's how it's going to go. We have so many weapons, man. Like that, that's why um, I told all my buddies this uh, prior to, to this year. I was like, stay away from Bears fantasy players if their name isn't uh, Allen Robinson, because like we just have so many guys that, that can take off on any given game. So, yeah. Uh, in any given game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. Darnell Mooney catching a touchdown, very possible. Do you have any other bold predictions? Um, I actually do not. Um, but I, I'm i going to be really – instead of a, a bold prediction, I'll just give out one thing that I'm really looking forward to. If uh, Robert Quinn plays, I really want to see how that duo of Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn wreaks havoc. Or if it does, I'm assuming it will. Um, but you never know as football. Um, but no, I, I look, Robert Quinn missed one game and everyone started talking about how he could potentially be such a bad signing. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't. Like, the dude hasn't even stepped on the field for us yet. It's been one game. Let's relax a little bit. Not like he was out for eight weeks. It's not like he's got some lo- – like, he was <laughs> dealing with an ankle injury. And people are calling him a bust. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. and he, it's not like this is a one-year deal. Like he's gonna be here for a little bit. So you know, to, yeah. to write him off like that is ridiculous. Hundred percent. So I mean, I, I look. I'm excited to see that too because we we've had our excuses and we said, well, you know, the pass rush isn't this, it isn't that because Leonard Floyd is there, and now we have the final opportunity to see if we've been right about that for the past seven yeah. months. So it it's. It's going to be interesting to see. Let's hope he plays again. Like we said, limited in practice, but that's a good sign. It looks like he will play. Khalil Mack also limited. He's listed as questionable, but he's going to play. He was listed as that last week. I have one more. Um, I actually have two more predictions. I'll, I'll make them quick. One of them is actually for the Giants. So, bro, 
If Golden Tate plays, he's scoring a touchdown against the Bears. I'm sorry. He is. Every yeah. time Golden Tate yeah. – he terrorizes the Bears, bro. It just, the Eagles game, the, every time when he was on the Lions, he scored a touchdown with the Giants last year against the Bears. Why does, why does Golden Tate hate us, man? I mean, every time he comes to Soldier Field, he scores. Dude, if, if Golden Tate scores four touchdowns on Sunday, I wouldn't even flinch. Like, that wouldn't even be surprising. Like, I'm not even kidding, man. That guy just – like, wow. What what what's more likely, Golden Tate scoring four touchdowns or Anthony Miller with 168 yards? <laughs> oh, uh, shoot! Damn. I, I was gonna say one. Anthony Miller easy, but now that I'm thinking about it, like damn. <laughs> Golden Tate, um, man, Jesus. Yeah, honestly, probably Golden Tate. Probably. <laughs> He's just burned us too many times. Like we've seen it happen, so I guess that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go into our uh, our final score predictions. Um, I I look. I was wrong last week, man. I had, I had a Bears winning, but I had I had them winning by a big margin. But after what we saw last week, yeah. man, I just I I mean, look, th- those like the momentum. Like when you win in that fashion, man. When you win in that fashion, it's that exciting at the end of the game. That that stuff carries over, man. And you have a lot of reasons to be excited. Yeah. Like, like after no game in 2019, did you feel the way they did after week one this year? Like, no comparison. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, look, I, I, I'm the eternal optimist because we still haven't seen it. But I got the Bears winning 31-13 with 21 points coming in the first half. That's my bold prediction. I really do think that that momentum carries over. They really come out firing. Run game thrives. Um, Mitchell Trubisky plays well in the first half. I mean, that, that's all you can ask for, and I, and I truly, truly do think that can happen. All things considered, it, it should happen, um, but we've said that a number of times against the teams last year, even last week, they should do this, they should do that. Um, I, I think this is finally the time where, you know, they, they put should and will do together. So I'm, I'm hoping that they, that they come out firing, and I got Bears win 31-13. Not bad, not bad. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I'm going to go 27-17 Bears. Um, like you said, I, I definitely think Mitch will, will look a little bit better, um, you know, carry it with that momentum. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to be a perfect quarterback, but I, I think we'll see some, you know, some much-needed improvement. Um, and then, you know, like we just talked about, I, I'm expecting our wide receivers to, to, you know, have some good games against a pretty weak secondary. Um, and then David Montgomery as well. Like, I, I can see David Montgomery having a big game. Uh, as long as the offensive sure. line's doing their job, uh, I think, you know, there, there'll be a lot of uh, open space for, for David Montgomery. So, 27-17, Chicago Bears. We're both going with the Bears victory on Sunday. We do have a few announcements for you guys before we hop out. We have some new merch coming your way. Uh, this merch is cool. It says defense uh, wins championships. And then it's uh, like an animated photo of Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. Make sure to check out our Instagram. Uh, We got the link in the bio there and we'll post a Twitter, get your gear, get that defense wins championships gear before it's too late. And we have a big partnership coming with bears nation podcast coming soon. Uh, So be on the lookout for that because it's a big one. And we're real excited to be partnering uh, with a pretty established company. So Look forward to that, Chris. Uh, bear down, baby. Let's go. I mean, Sunday, two on, opportunity to go two and no opportunity to start the season hot and really take advantage of a depleted Giants team. So uh, let's do it, baby. Go Bears. Bear down. Come on. Bear down. Bear down. Really looking forward to it.
Chicago. Chicago.